Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. This is part three of my Song of the Soul interview with Tom Nielsen. I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and this is the final installation of my visits with Tom, and what a rich visit it's been. We've already heard a bit about Tom's roots, his international travel, and the concerns that are closest, even central, to his life, and we've heard a lot of wonderful folk music written and performed by Tom. The last song we heard on Installation 2 was a delectable piece called Roadkill from Tom's CD, Root Beer Makes Me Burp. We'll continue right now into another appetizing-sounding song, Boogers. My suspicion has been, Tom, that you are incapable of writing a song without socially redeeming value. For instance, you told me that Roadkill is a warning to look both ways before crossing the road. So, where does your song Boogers come from? Is it an exception to your norm of socially redeeming music? First graders pick their noses. I don't. It wasn't my son picking his nose, but just one of those somebody picking their noses, and somebody probably said something about it. And you know, the grossest lines to this song, too, if anyone considers some of the lines gross, came from a group of first graders in Brookline, in Massachusetts, when I was with friends, and their daughter is the same age as Jacob, and. So she took me to her class to play some music, and I played boogers for them. And they started giving me, they helped, they, they wrote a few, two, three lines to that song were, were their suggestions, and they said, you should say this, and you should say this. And 
So I thought, well, this is what's funny to first graders, and if I'm going to get their attention, then I'll listen to what they're saying and what they think works. And so I just incorporated their lines into it. You said that the song is not about your son, Jacob, and him picking his nose. So I just want to know, is this because of good home training? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure his finger's been up his nostril, you know, but... Is it a case of Jacob following in his father's footsteps? I mean, I suppose that you have to restrain yourself when you're up on stage, so maybe that's where he learned to restrain himself. Well, I'll put it this way. I don't ever recall picking my nose on stage. But off stage, you know, I'm capable of anything like anybody else is. Well, Tom, you've worked up my appetite. I think it's time to listen to the song. The song is Boogers, and it's from Tom Nielsen's album, Root Beer Makes Me Burp. Don't stick your finger up your nose. That's where lots of germies go. Every first grader knows. Don't stick your finger up your nose. Germs are in the air, they're on the ground. They're with you here and out of town. They're in the bathroom when you go They're on your pet buffalo You have a pet buffalo? Sometimes those germs they wanna hide They wanna go someplace inside They like it where it's moist and warm Then you go picking up a storm Does your buffalo pick its nose? If you give a finger lick A dirty hand can make you sick <laughs> And if you suck your thumb a bunch you could be sucking germs for lunch. Oh, that's you might give yourself an infection. Then maybe go get an injection. So do what everybody knows. Don't stick your finger up your nose. A tummy ache, a cold, the flu. <laughs> Boogers give them all to you. They'll leave you with a fever hot. A runny nose with runny snot. But soap and water do the trick Does your buffalo wash its You know those germs are gonna split Don't put no booger to your lip Could be the one that makes you sick Don't stick your finger up your nose That's where lots of germies go Every first grader knows Don't stick your finger up your nose what does everybody know? Don't, Don't stick your, your finger, finger up, up your nose. nose. At school, I knew a nose picker who always thought he was slicker. His nose he would pick, and then he got sick. Sicker than this limericker. Do you really have a pet buffalo? I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. You just had to include socially redeeming value, even in a song about bookers. <laughs> you said before, Tom, that you are generally not identified as a children's artist, in spite of the fact that some of your songs lean toward a younger crowd. But it's clear to me that being a parent has clearly changed you and left its mark on you, whether it's the children's songs like Road Killer Boogers or this next one, Only Outlaws Will Be Free. Given how much parenthood has impacted you, were you one of those people just eagerly anticipating producing a brood of a dozen kids? No, 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 no. 
I had Jacob very late in life, actually. I got to the point where I thought I was going that other people's children would be my children. But at the age 43, he was born. And, uh, you know, one was fine. As I mentioned before, the next song that you've chosen for your Song of the Soul is Only Outlaws Will Be Free. Would you care to tell us the story behind this song? The, the main one was when Jacob was in fifth grade, it was after the planes went in the towers, and this country went rah-rah with flags and national anthems and pledging allegiance and stuff, and they did that at Jacob's school and taught him the national anthem and why it was important and so forth, and put a flag up, and his teacher told the class to stand up and sing the national anthem, and Jacob chose not to. And his teacher got quite upset with him and told him he had to. And it was the right thing and the honorable thing. And Jacob said all he said, and his teacher vouched for this. She said that he just said he didn't want to. And I said, did he act out or was he rude? Or She said, no, he just wouldn't stand up. And Jacob knew he had a right to stay in his seat. Barnett versus West Virginia, 1947. But the teacher finally threatened him by saying that if he didn't stand up, the class would lose their recess which is how fascism works, but one of the ways it works, when you get the public to execute for authority. So when Jacob came home, he you know, he was crying when he told me about it, and he wanted me to tell the principal that he had a right to stay in his seat. And I asked him if he thought he could do it, and I said I would be there with him. And he just walked through the door the next morning. We went in early, and he said, I can't stand up as long as we have a war against Afghanistan a boycott against Cuba, we're starving children in Iraq, we're killing people everywhere, and the flag stands for war. And the principal was pretty blown away by this. And all Jacob wanted was, uh, was an apology. That's all he wanted was an apology and an explanation to his class that he had not done anything wrong. And the principal wouldn't let it happen because she was afraid if other kids knew they had a First Amendment right to stay in their seats, then they might not stand up. And that's the way it was ended. You know, I had an elder from the Quaker meeting came in, tried to talk some sense into the principal. But there was a lot of fear going on there. But the other thing it did, it really was a defining moment in Jacob's life. And it also helped other kids think about what they were doing. And other kids began staying in their seat, too. My stepdaughter, Kayla, also sat down. And she was three years younger. And she stayed in her seat, and she was the only one. And about three or four weeks later, she told me half the class was sitting down and not standing up. So it's the influence one person can have in helping other people think about things. That's an inspirational story, Tom. I'd like to listen to it now on disc. This is Only Outlaws Will Be Free, and it's about Tom Nielsen's son, Jacob, fifth grade, when he stood up for his rights. Or, rather, he sat down for his rights. Ten-year-old in American land Sitting down to take a stand Won't pledge to a country at war Won't honor what that killing's for Teacher says he disrespects Principal says that he'll infect The other kids with free speech notions Can't have no anti-war promotion When freedom is outlawed Only outlaws will be free Outlaws, only outlaws. Only outlaws, only outlaws. 
will be free. You can tap my phone and read my mail, torture me and keep me in jail when freedom is outlawed. Only outlaws will be free. Can't wear a P-shirt in the mall. Police get the call. Take me for a ride downtown. Don't want no free speech around. Public radio won't play. Anti-war song calls today. Free speech song is treasonous, so they're gonna censor us. When freedom is outlawed, only outlaws will be free. Only outlaws, only outlaws. Only outlaws, only outlaws will be free. You can tap my phone and read my mail, torture me and keep me in jail when freedom is outlawed. Only outlaws will be free. Take my books away from me. Make me undress publicly. Won't let me catch my flight. Say my beliefs are dynamite. FBI comes to my home. Terrorist clues they wanna comb. They say that I'm fair game 'cause of how I spell my name. When freedom is outlawed, only outlaws will be free. Only outlaws, only outlaws will be free. You can tap my phone and read my mail, torture me and keep me in jail when freedom is outlawed. Only outlaws will be. Don't lock my ancestry, oh! Send me to Guantanamo. Don't tell my family what's become of me. Don't put no coffins in the press; they might cause some unrest. Old soldiers never die; just another media lie. When freedom is outlawed, only outlaws will be free. Only outlaws, only outlaws, will be free. You can tap my phone and read my mail, torture me and keep me in jail when freedom is outlawed. Only outlaws will be. Only 
When freedom is outlawed, only outlaws will be free. As I'm sure all of you heard in that song, it's not just about standing up for freedom in your schools. Each of us, virtually everyone, has opportunities to stand up and work for freedom. And people sometimes get sidetracked into thinking that the only way to be a freedom fighter is to go overseas and point a gun at someone from a different country. And sometimes the greatest work we can do for freedom is to open our eyes and see what's going on right here at home. Next up on your list for your Song of the Soul is a medley of two songs. One's called Nothing Like a War, and the other's called No Business Like War Business. Why don't you tell us about the songs, and also tell us why you do these as a medley. Why do they go together? Well, they're both show tunes, and their keys are such that you can go from one right into the next. They both address the same thing. War is a way of life in this country. War is a profit motive. There's two great songs that I'm parroting, Nothing Like a Dame from South Pacific and No Business Like Show Business. You know, I found it was just an opportunity to be very playful with a very, very serious issue. It's clear from the music that you've done over the decades that peace and justice has been a central concern, a central part of living out a faithful life for you. I'm wondering if that concern has been moved to the front, has even been heightened since the events of September 11th of 2001. Well, I think 9-11 is, is not what it appears to be. You know, the, there's too many unanswered questions, and there's just too much evasiveness from our government, and there's too many things that just don't make sense if you stop to think about it. I do feel that the government had a hand in this, that in the least, minimally, they knew it was going to happen. How much more beyond that? I don't know. But there are things I do know, that the Air Force was told to stand down and then was sent way out to sea, and that is such a complete, total violation of protocol when every other time, in five minutes, they're up in the air. And a lot of other things just don't make sense. I don't think the towers changed my focus at all because I wasn't surprised that the states would do something like this. I mean, we have fabricated incidents so that we could go to war. We did it in Vietnam with the Gulf of Tonkin. That never happened. We did it with the U.S. Maine. We did it with Pearl Harbor. We did it with the war in Mexico. It's like the air we breathe. So I think up close it shows the lengths that this country will go to to get every drop of oil and gas or to, and and you can look at it in terms of global domination. But I don't think it changed because I was already, I was already there in terms of knowing that this country is capable of doing anything. And so I wasn't really surprised by it. I'm aware of a few of the things that I believe that you love, your music and conveying a message with your music, your love for your family. I'm just wondering if you can put into words, Jim, what you would like if you could have any epitaph, whatever, put on your grave after you leave this world. 
what epitaph would you like? What words would you like there? When my son was in seventh grade, I think it was maybe eighth, but say he's 12, we were on the main drag in Amherst. It was September, and all the college students were coming back, and they had blue hair and green hair and orange hair, and their clothes were torn, and there was scarification everywhere and tattoos and body piercings, and Jacob was looking at him and looked at me, and I said, Jacob, what are you going to do to be different? And he looked at me, and he looked at the kids, and he looked back at me, and he said, I don't have to do anything to be different. I got you. And I thought that was the dearest thing he could ever say. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Well, here's two songs that express Tom Nielsen's passions. We're going to listen to them as a medley. The tunes are from musicals. But the lyrics are by my Song of the Soul guest, Tom Nielsen. First up is Nothing Like a War, and that's followed by There's No Business Like War Business. We got missiles in their silos, we got tridents in the sea, we got cluster bombs and napalm, every WMD, we got landmines, 50 millimeters, DU weaponry. What ain't we got? An enemy. We got Alberton marking up the corporation store. We got Texaco and Exxon from Kuwait to Ecuador. We got submarines and battleships and carriers offshore. What ain't we got? We ain't got war. I know some natural gas in Turkmenistan we could try for. I know an oil company or two or three or four or more I would die for. There is nothing like a war, nothing in the world. There is nothing we adore that is anything like a war. We got Carl Rove and Rummy, both egomaniacs. We got Ashcroft, Cheney, Condi, and Propriety they lack. We got Black Hawk helicopters swarming in a pack. What ain't we got? Preempt attack. I know a country of infidels who don't believe in Jesus where we should be crusading. I know a country or two or three or four or more with gas and oil and uranium ore who's going to convert to the euro. Therefore, our navy and marines who are offshore should be invading. There is nothing like a war, nothing in the world. There is nothing we adore that is anything like a war. There are no books like a war And nothing looks like a war There are no games like a war Or any games like a war And nothing acts like a war Or attracts like a war There ain't a thing wrong with corporate need That can't be cured by corporate greed a good old gas and all U.S. tyranny war. There's no business like war business. 
appealing Everything about it is a glow Now why can you get that happy feeling When you are stealing that extra dough There's no people like war People they smile when they are bad If you got it and we want it this you know There is no country where we won't go If you disagree with us we'll overthrow Cause we're here for the dough Like no business we know Like war business, there's no business we know. Playing off Iraqis with Iranis, always doing business with both sides. Prescott holding money for the Nazis, so very tacky how many died. There's no people like war people, they go out of their way. Gary kills a couple of geese for Ohio, while Watches the jar off blow Radiate your country down in Kosovo We go on with the show Cause we're here for the dough That was a medley of two old show tunes with new lyrics by my Song of the Soul guest, Tom Nielsen. We started out with Nothing Like a War, and that was followed by There's No Business Like War Business. I'm talking with Tom Nielsen. He's a Quaker folk singer from over in Massachusetts, and he's got a few decades of activist music, homespun, and children's music, all of that under his belt, plus a lot of living and working abroad, and lots of touring. In fact, he's going to be touring to the Midwest, where I'm located, heading into Wisconsin the end of June of 2007. If you want to look for an opportunity to hear him here, you might just want to visit his website, TomNielsenMusic.com. That's Nielsen, N-E-I-L-S-O-N. But it might be just as easy to check on the link from my website, which is NorthernSpiritRadio.org. You know, Tom, we used to hear a lot of this kind of activist-related peace and justice concern music on the airwaves back in the late 1960s and in the early 70s, but it doesn't seem to be there anymore. You got any ideas what happened? Did people just stop producing this kind of music, or what? Well, we're still here. Uh, As far as numbers go, I don't know how many numbers, but I know there are a lot of us writing this music What has happened is that the airwaves don't play it anymore. Community radio stations, some local shows on on campus stations, public radio may or may not play it. There's a public station in Miami that is wonderful at playing my music, yet I'm not allowed on a couple other public radio stations' folk music shows because they feel I'm too controversial, my music. So there are a lot of us. I have a number of friends. But we have to work very, very hard to find venues because your clubs, your coffee houses, for the most part, do not let us in because of the content of our material. And we rely on house concerts quite a bit. Or we rely on people within progressive organizations to find venues for us. And a lot of those are at colleges sometimes. Teachers will bring me in as required 
uh, attendance or, or extra credit for their classes. And this, these I've been brought in by social teachers and history teachers and international studies, social issues people. And it's really, a, you know, it's a one. I have a wonderful time performing at house concerts. It brings people together. I have a wonderful time performing anywhere. At Quaker meeting houses are some of the beautiful, beautiful venues to perform at. I performed in a 300-year-old meeting house when I was in England in Brighton. So anyway, no, we're making music. I think the government and the corporations that control the media know how dangerous we are in terms of our message. Which explains some of the efforts at censorship of music that was done by Clear Channel Communications following the bombing of the Twin Towers. Exactly. You know, or with the Dixie Chicks, you know, and saying that she was embarrassed that W was from her state, Texas. You know, I'm embarrassed that he's from the same planet that I'm from, but nobody (laughs) burned any of my CDs. I was hoping for some publicity there, but I didn't get it. Well, let's move on to the next song you've chosen for your Song of the Soul. And it's on a quite different theme than the War Machine theme of the last two songs. It's about, I guess, racism. Fill me in about the history, the origins of this song, Fighting Whiteys. Fighting Whiteys. I was listening to Bill Littlefield. Bill Littlefield has a, for any sports fan, uh, he has a program called Only a Game. And if your local radio station doesn't get it, call them up and tell them to get it. He was interviewing Solomon Little Owl, who was the director of Native American Affairs Office at Northern Colorado University in Greeley, Colorado. And Greeley, the high school team has an Indian mascot. I forget exactly what the name of the mascot is. But like most mascots, it's offensive. And Solomon, with his intramural basketball team, decided to call their team the Whites. And then I guess they called themselves the Fighting Whites, and I converted that to Fighting Whiteys with the song after the and took the tune from the Wisconsin Fight song. <laughs> and apparently his Fighting Whites t-shirts that they had offended a lot of, of white folks. And interestingly enough, I did a song called The Mascot about a local high school here in western Massachusetts that probably has offended more people than any song I've done, possibly with the exception of the Hillary Clinton song. But that's where Fighting Whiteys came from. I was a bit surprised when you said that the use of the team name The Whites provoked a lot of antagonism. I guess that there are lots of teams out there named after various whites. Right next door to me in Minnesota, their football team is the Vikings, and I at least haven't heard any complaints from Scandinavian people saying, hey, that Minnesota team is mostly black people. They can't call themselves white Norsemen. I'm not trying to be cute here or anything. I'm really just puzzled why any white would be offended if a team whether the players are white or not, should choose to call themselves whites. What is it that I'm missing? I don't know how much of Solomon's team was Native American. I know they had T-shirts that that said, don't worry, everything is all white. And they may have had some other PR out about why 
they were calling themselves the Whites. And I do think there was some discussion about the, the Greeley mascot as well. So I think all those things were background to this. Well, I think that all of the Wisconsin listeners to this program are going to take it as a compliment and an honor that you stole the tune from our state's fight song on Wisconsin as the music for your parody. Listeners, if you want to, feel free to stand up now as we listen to Fighting Whiteys by Tom Nielsen. Fighting Whiteys, Fighting Whiteys, fight with all our might. We're superior, you're inferior, cause our genes are white. We're the bosses, burning crosses on your lawn at night. Be a whitey, be almighty, fight, fight, fight. If you got it and we want it in our dominion, a reservation is your station if you're in beyond. If gold or oil's on your soil or uranium, Custer or the FBI will surely come. We are noble, we are global, we are legionnaire. Our testimonial is colonial, we are everywhere. It's our history, it's no mystery why we're millionaires. Corporations for the nation win warfare. That's just so inspiring. It just makes me want to go rah, rah, rah. <laughs> well, Tom, we've traveled a long way. A lot of music in the decades that you've been doing your thing. And, by the way, this is to date the longest Song of the Soul program I've ever done. Three hour-long segments is a lot of soul on display. we still got a couple more songs to listen to. Actually, though, the next one is not technically a song. It's a spoken piece that you included on your Fools No More CD. And the track's name is You Cannot Have a War and Tell the Truth. Why did you choose to do this as a spoken piece instead of matching it with a melody? Was it just that the lyrics came to you and you couldn't latch on to a tune for them? There's two pieces that I've done that I just haven't been able to put a tune. One was the Nike poem and this one. And similar to what I said about Spirit of Justice that I'd been thinking about uh, writing something and then I saw Claire's letter. Well, I'd been thinking about how to approach these planes and towers. Then I was in Washington, D.C., and I had played music at a march at one of the protests and was at the Presbyterian Church on 14th Street, I believe it was, doing more music. And one of the speakers was Reverend James Atwood from Virginia. His theme was, you can't have war and tell the truth. You know, I listened to him and I says, boy, that's, that's exactly what I say. And, and I said, I'm going to write this. And I couldn't get a tune for it. And so I said, some things, I guess, are just going to be spoken word. That's what this one is. So if I came up with a tune for it that would work, and I sent it to you, would you consider recording it that way, too? I'm always open to receiving inspiration from folks. Well, 
I think that the title of the piece speaks for itself, and it rings so true. So let's listen here to Tom Nielsen's spoken recording of You Cannot Have a War and Tell the Truth. My son Jacob asked me when he was five, Daddy, why do you say the radio lies? I said a nation at war needs lies, you see, to feed the desire to kill enemy to light patriot fires of unquestioning rage and incapacitate reason on the front page. Glorify every CIA sleuth. You cannot have war and tell the truth. You cannot have war and tell the truth. Pearl Harbor wasn't a sneak attack. We know that from the FOI Act. We had long ago broken the Japanese code, but we needed the horror of bombs to explode. With thousands of sailors in a watery grave, panic runs high, easy to persuade, easy for Congress to set the stage, and the road to war lies will pave. Take Japanese homes and farms away, so white businesses can seize the day. You cannot have war and tell the truth. You cannot have war and tell the truth. And the Twin Towers were not a sneak attack, but for Turkmenistan, gas, and oil in Iraq, we need a Pearl Harbor to get us off track. Why did the Air Force stand down in D.C., then send those pilots way out to sea, and why don't they mention that Euro money? And at the Pentagon, why was there no airplane debris? You cannot have war and tell the truth. You cannot have war and tell the truth. We knew in July 1945 that Japan had no military supply. They wanted peace to negotiate, but we wanted to bomb them before it's too late. And send a message with a flash of light, nuclear weapons we'll use to fight. Immoral, barbaric, (laughs) not very couth. You cannot have war and tell the truth. You cannot have war and tell the truth. Now depleted uranium is nuclear war, just like Hiroshima, Nagasaki before. Destroy the village to save it once more. The reason to bomb Iraq, Afghanistan is to get every petrodollar, the plan, and radiate every child, woman, and man. Recruiters are lying to DU our youth. But you cannot have war and tell the truth. You cannot have war and tell the truth. That's a very strong statement, and it's one that I largely agree with. And yet I note the element of almost preaching, of God-given certainty of your double repetition each time of the phrase, you cannot have a war and tell the truth. It kind of reminds me, in fact, where Jesus in the King James Version says many times, Verily, verily, I say unto you, That is, he's saying, in truth and in truth, I tell you. How do you react to the word truth, you know, with a capital T, 
truth. I certainly know folks who feel very queasy around Big T Truth, maybe having felt hammered or victimized by people who are, who have been wielding truth like a hammer, beating them into submission with it. There's other folks who just proudly and loudly proclaim, I've got it, I've got the truth, listen here, I've got it. So where do you fall on that spectrum? What do you think about truth? I think, you know, Gandhi, when Gandhi was asked what God was to him, he said, God is truth. I think that the most that all of us can do is is to live our lives in as honest a way as we can, which means speaking our truth. And things that I certainly that I believe to be true, other people may not feel are true. Is there a big truth out there? Pro- yeah, I, I, would, I would think there is. And do I have that? I don't know. I think I'm always in quest of it. You know, maybe all of us are in quest of it, and and certainly there are many of us who are definitely not in search of it. You know, Persig talks about truth being a function of time. You know, some things that are true today aren't true the next day, and I've had discussions with people say, well, then that wasn't truth to begin with, because truth never changes. Truth is set. It's a fixed uh, item. So there's different ways to look at it, but... You know, things that I believe to be true one day perhaps aren't true the next. But that that's a belief. That's not the actual truth. I've heard some people say that when they go into Quaker meeting, when they go into the silence, that some people label that as seeking toward truth, seeking for truth. What would you label that experience as you do it would you use that name or some other name? What is it that you're after in turning toward when you go into the silence of Quaker meeting? Relaxation. I enjoy the peace and the opportunity for my mind to just go where it will go and think and have the quiet to contemplate things that come up for me. Meditation, for me is a wonderful way to think through stuff. So that's, that's I mean, that's a pretty simple way of, of expressing it, I, I think, but that's, it's not much more than that for me, a meeting. Well, speaking of seeking, I'm sure that there were a number of administration folks who were eagerly, maybe even desperately, seeking WMDs, Weapons of Mass Destructions, when we first invaded Iraq. The administration had built a whole campaign for a preemptive war based on the idea that we were facing imminent annihilation from Saddam Hussein's weapons of mass destruction. And then our forces got there and no weapons of mass destruction were found. And they were pretty disappointed, pretty red in the face. What they had preached to us as absolute truth, a smoking gun, was not true. I can just picture your fingers twitching, your vocal cords emitting sounds and lyrics that you can hardly hold back, proclaiming the counter-truth that they couldn't find the WMDs. So did I get that right? How did your next song, WMD, come about? Mark Levy is a wonderful parodist from California, and we met, as we do every year at PMN, and I played my IRV parody to Woody Guthrie's Do Re Mi 
and Mark had written one verse to the same Do-Re-Mi with W-M-D. And then I took it and wrote three more verses to it. And that's where WMD came from. And this was probably two years ago. Since you took the tune from Woody Guthrie's song, Do Re Mi, I was wondering if growing up you were actually a fan of Woody Guthrie, if that was the kind of music that played around your house. All of us know this land is your land, but there's not a lot of the rest of his music which got a lot of play. Was it part of what you grew up on? Oh, now I am. I think growing up, I didn't know Woody until I got older. My childhood had some contradictions in it. I had a mother who was very much a civil rights supporter and human rights and a stickler for how we treat people and an awareness of how class works, but in a minimal way, I think she's learned a lot more. She's someone who's made my education her education. But we read the Daily News. I mean, that's what we that's the newspaper that came into the house every day was the New York Daily News, one of the more reactionary papers in the country. But that's, you know, that was pro- something that just was handed down from my grandfather. That's what he read, but he was anti-war too. So, you know, it doesn't it doesn't fit in a way. My music growing up was folk music. It was The Letterman and oh, I remember Tom Lair. But I was I had a lot of classical and church music, certainly because I was very much a church kid and singing in church music. And it wasn't until I got in, into college more that in, in the in mid '60s I started getting into Bob Dylan and, and other people coming through. Well, we can all be thankful for the vast amount of music that Woody Guthrie left us. This land is your land, and many other things. He also left us a son, Arlo Guthrie, who's given us some of our gems of music. And we can be thankful for this song. The tune is from Do Re Mi by Woody Guthrie, but here you've got lyrics put to it by Tom Nielsen, whose Song of the Soul we're sharing today. He calls it WMD. Lots of folks back east, they say, send your kid to Iraq today. Beat that hot, dusty way to the Baghdad borderline. Cross the desert sands, they'll roll, shooting up that old dust bowl. Think they're heading to the Super Bowl, but this is what they find. The bath is at the port of Basra, say. Just cause you invade, don't think we'll go away. WMD But maybe you can find one in Texas Nevada, North Dakota, Tennessee Now Iraq was a garden of Eden A paradise for Adam and Eve And believe it or not You can search all you want But they ain't got no WMD If you want to go disarm, that can't do nobody harm. Take a vacation in the desert or the gulf. 
Eat some of those fries in France Just take off those army pants Cause this war ain't gonna stop itself And the coffins with the flags upon them say That's number 2,000 killed today Oh, they ain't got the WMD, George They ain't got the WMD But maybe you can find one in Texas Nevada, North Dakota, Tennessee Now Iraq was a garden of Eden No place for our soldiers to be And like it or not You can lie all you want But they ain't got the WMD Now recruiters are not making quotas Saw one out in Minnesota Promising a high school senior He'd get 20k Good benefits, a great career, never be in combat gear, just sign his name on that line today. But no matter what recruiters say they'll do, they just want cannon fodder out of you. Oh, they ain't got the WMD, George, they ain't got the WMD. But maybe you can find one in Texas Nevada, North Dakota, Tennessee Now Iraq was the Garden of Eden No place for our soldiers to be And like it or not you can lie all you want But they ain't got no WMD Recruiters cruising in the hall Of my school they got some gall Acting like they're a friend of mine How they ever get my name That I got a soccer game I told them that his line was asinine Cause no matter what you hear recruiters say They just want you to sign your life away Oh, ain't got no WMD They ain't got the WMD But maybe you can find one in Texas Nevada, North Dakota, Tennessee Now Iraq is Garden of Eden No place for our soldiers to be And like it or not you can lie all you want But they ain't got no WMD Like it or not, you can lie all you want, but they got the WMD. On the intro to that song, Tom, I was wondering if you were just making fun of yourself. You you said that before you wrote the lyrics WMD to the tune for Do Re Mi that you'd been doing something called IRV, and that you got your inspiration for WMD at PMN, and pretty soon the letters were just swirling around in my head, and it's IRV, Do Re Mi, WMD, PMN, here it comes again, and just... Oh, I feel another song coming on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the end of the songs that you picked out for your Song of the Soul. 
actually your triple decker three-part song of the soul i'm sure that there are now going to be people out there eager to hear you live so i'll repeat that you'll be swinging through the midwest including wisconsin the end of june moving into july 2007 and they might be able to arrange a house concert featuring your fine music by getting a hold of you right away they can find a link to your site via my northernspiritradio.org website. But how would you tell them to track you down? If people hear your show and, and they want to do a venue for them, have them contact me at 413-367-9742 or send an email to me, tomnielsonmusic at yahoo.com, Nielsen, N-E-I-L-S-O-N. And again, they can check out my website, which is uh, tomnielsenmusic.com. So uh, I do hope I see you all on the road. And I'm really glad that I got this chance to talk to you via the phone. And I'll look forward to seeing you, at the least, at the Friends General Conference gathering of maybe 2,000 Quakers over in River Falls, Wisconsin, that first week in July. And I'm not forgetting our basketball game. I hope you won't forget it. I'm really looking forward to meeting you in the flesh. Mark, I have had a wonderful time. This has been a lot of fun. And I do look forward to meeting you and other folks in Wisconsin. Thanks again so much, Tom. Well, folks, after I had spoken to Tom and I recorded this and I timed it all out, I found out that we have time for one more song. So I get to pick one out. So I looked through his CDs, and on the one called Living on the Maximum Wage, I found one of his songs which really just touched me. Kind of a love and relationship and moving onward song. It's called Quarter Century On, and this is my pick to add to Tom's Song of the Soul. Bill and Jane found love at the Cherry Hotel Susan found her innocence Singing with Guy is a musical spell And none of us been the same since Altos don't go down, they stagger their breathing Until they reach the end of the bar You taught us with passion, oh, after your fashion And how you brought us so far I don't know, but I've been told if you keep on dancing, you never grow old. I got a feeling that I'm gonna hold a quarter century on. There's P. Mahler's hand on my bottom again. How I long for her F sharp over C. To meet you at Mary's or Murphy's for lunch, you know, would be just fine by me. Elsa and Linda are making us grin Doing their vaudeville show Barbara says that she ain't misbehaving But she can't fool us cause all of us know Yeah, I don't know But I've been told if you keep on dancing you never grow old I got a feeling that I'm gonna hold a quarter century on Give me one more dance to hold you near me Give me one harmony to any old song Give me one memory to endear 
quarter century long Time has come to return where we're from The curtains come down on the show Some of us dying and crying and trying to figure out where we go I'll take the joy of my little boy and I hope that everyone finds The trust and the love and the smile and the hug of a quarter century kind I don't know, but I've been told If you keep on dancing, you never grow I got a feeling that I'm gonna hold A quarter century on I got a feeling that I'm gonna hold A quarter century on That was Quarter Century On, and that was my pick to add to Tom Nielsen's Song of the Soul. You've been listening to Part 3 of Tom's Song of the Soul interview, You can hear it again via my website, which is northernspiritradio.org. I've got a list of the music that was included in this program on that site, and you can find lots more good information on the site as well as other programs. Song of the Soul is produced by Mark Helpsmeet. If you'd like to share your Song of the Soul with the listeners of WHYS-FM Radio, please contact me via my email address, helpsmeet at usa.net. That's H-E-L-P-S-M-E-E-T at USA dot N-E-T. And please join me Sundays at 11 a.m. for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song of the soul.